bringing a whole new attitude to your afternoon. I mean, you know how it is, rocking and rolling and whatnot. You know, two dudes talking sports. Well, wait, listen to those two clowns. You can't do nothing but get your roll on. Live from News Talk 1480 WHBC. It's a household name. It's a vibe action. Sound good? It's the Kenny and JT Show. Have a great show! Yeah, let's go, because we're coming to you live from the corner of 6th and Market, downtown Canton. Kenny, it goes from 40 to 41 degrees. 40, 41. Take your pick. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's still too damn cold That's for right. me, but it is uh, the end of February, <laughs> last day of February 2023, hey. we're through two months in the year 2023, and uh, as we expected, JT, because we talked about this a while back, we expected the Browns to be playing in the Hall of Fame game uh, this year, and breaking news coming from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, yes, your Cleveland Browns with Joe Thomas going in as a member of the class of 2023 will be playing in the Hall of Fame game, and they will will be opposite not the dallas cowboys but the new york j-e-t-s jets 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 gonna be squaring off with the browns in the hall of fame game this game year scheduled so I'm looking for forward tom to benson hall of fame stadium thursday august 3rd eight o'clock kickoff get your tickets now gonna be amazing and if there's a team that needs the extra week of practice could be the cleveland browns and the Jets, for that matter, right? We don't Both care about them, teams could use Yeah, it. we don't care about them. <laughs> um, and we'll see who their quarterback is by then, too, because there are rumors that they're looking at Derek Carr, right. uh, Aaron Rodgers they have an interest in and all that. Now, don't expect either one of them to play in that game, but, hey, it's going to be fun. It's a weekend that uh, Browns fans haven't had since 1999. That's the last time the Cleveland Browns played mm-hmm. in the Pro Football Hall of Fame game, and that was against the Dallas Cowboys when they returned from, uh, well, uh, no longer mm-hmm. uh, being in existence after I had no choice. Right. Martin Modell moved the Browns to Baltimore. Let me give you some of the uh, things that are going on that week. 2023 Enshrinement Week. We'll all go off August 3rd with the Hall of Fame game, as we just mentioned, the Jets and the Browns. Fashion show is August 4th. Also, the Enshrinees Gold Jacket Dinner, the Canton Repository Grand Parade is August 5th. Then you've got the Enshrinement that same day. Concert for Legends features the Zach Brown Band, and the Enshrinement Roundtable happens August 6th. All tickets available right now at profootballhof.com slash enshrinement. Looking forward to it, man. That's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, you know this from the past. Whenever a Steeler goes in, Steeler fans take over Canton. Well, guess what? Now it's a Browns player going in, and I expect Browns fans to yeah. take over that entire well, week from Thursday of the game all the way through the uh, the end of the week. And it's a modern-day Browns player, and the last one we had, I believe, was Ozzie Newsom, and we remember what that was like. The difference now is the fact that Joe Thomas will ever, forevermore be a Cleveland Brown, no matter what he's doing in his personal life, whether he's on the television or not. Thing is, with Ozzy, you look at him and say, okay, he was a great player, and he's inducted as a player for the Cleveland Browns. But a lot of people look at Ozzy Newsom, and they see a Baltimore Raven. Yeah, because he left in the front office with the Browns, Mm -hmm. stayed with the Ravens, and helped them win two Super Bowls. And it would be interesting to ask him, you know, if you could hook him up to uh, Truth Serum. How do you see yourself, Ozzie Newsom? Are you a Cleveland Brown or a Baltimore Raven? And I I would hope Mm -hmm. he would say Cleveland Brown because that's who he played for when he was in the NFL. Mm -hmm. To me, I don't know. This is just me. You tell me if I'm way off base on this. If I'm a player and a front office guy, right, I look at the player side of things as the more important or the more meaningful Mm -hmm. one for me. I was a player in the NFL, so I would hope he would say he's a Cleveland Brown, but I don't know. 
I've had that conversation with him. When he was in town a couple of years ago, I forget, I, I guess it was uh, Ed Reed when he, when he was inducted and they had a Pro Football Hall of Fame party for the Baltimore Raven fans, and Ozzie showed up. And it was at Jersey's on Fulton Road. And I also have seen him a couple of times at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I've asked him the question. And I'll keep it to myself what his answers were. But as you can probably imagine, there is a special place in his heart for the Browns fans. But that dude's a raven. You know he what? won Super Bowls. He is a raven, dude. But he's a Hall of Famer as a Brown. So I get what's it. more important, right? And I've asked that question when I did those right. uh, Heart of a Hall of Famer uh, events. Mm-hmm. What What would you rather have, a Super Bowl ring or a well. Hall of Fame ring? And the guys that don't have Super Bowl rings, as players say, Hall of Fame ring. The guys that do have Super Bowl rings, a lot of them say, well, that's, yeah. you know, it's a team thing. It's more important winning the Super Bowl. So it, it goes back and forth. We really haven't seen too many guys that have had that much success in their post-playing day careers. There's a few coaches. We talked about it last week. But when you think of Ozzie Newsom, and we've said this for how long now, Kenny? If you think about Ozzie Newsom being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he really could be in twice. Yeah, he could. I mean, so when you think about a player, your past history, and he just recently retired from the general manager role with the Ravens, but he, I think he's still got something to do with the organization. He's been a Raven a lot longer than he ever was a Cleveland Brown. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah, but he isn't a Ravens front office guy if not for the Cleveland Browns yeah, and the it. players. So you, again, you go back back and forth, back and forth on this, and. Uh, um, you know, it, it, hey, you won't have to worry about saying he's the last Browns player going in now, right? right? You've got Joe Thomas going in. You've got the Browns playing the Jets. And, uh, you know, that that's something to look forward to. Put it in your phone, right. uh, you know, calendar, or however you do that on your phone these days, uh, and, and put it in there August 3rd uh, in Canton, Browns, Jets, 8 o'clock, Tom Benson, Hall of Fame Stadium, and uh, we're happy to have Rich DeRosiers, the Chief Executive Communications Officer for the Hall of Fame, going to join us today at 6 o'clock to talk about it's that. It's six months away. What is? Hall of Fame weekend. August 3rd. It'll six, be here before you know it. Six months away. Let's get in the camp. Let's go to the Combine right now. Let's go. Uh, yeah, that started when? Yesterday? I was thinking what, about it. It starts today. I was thinking about it, too. You remember when we had first-round draft picks, how invested we would be in this thing? And now the last two years, it's almost like if you're a winning team, I would have to imagine this must be what it's like during the draft process where you're not hanging all your hope on your first-round pick. Because for all intents and purposes, since we don't have one, it's like we were a winning team and we would have to pick last. That's never going to be the case, but we don't have to worry about it. And what happens is... We lose a little bit of the luster of the draft and forget about who's coming out early, who, would you, who would, we would be looking at, and if we were the Browns, who they should take or what position they should take. It doesn't really matter now because they're left with the leftovers. Yeah, so you hope that maybe they get aggressive and move up, right, into the second round early if there's a rec- – I've got to believe that they'll move up. If there's a receiver there they really like – and it's the only way to get, if they don't get somebody in a trade or free agency, that'll tell me that they're going after a receiver in the draft and that they, they've got to be aggressive to move up and target a guy. And I haven't looked yet at the receivers to see who's projected to be there at 43 or 44, whatever it is, or who's going to maybe fall to the end of the first. There's even talk that Jackson Smith and Jigba of the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes could fall to late mm-hmm. in the first round. Would the Browns? 
you know, dare I say, be aggressive and go up and actually get a, an Ohio State player uh, on offense. Uh, you you yeah. look at the recent uh, history of wide receivers in the NFL from the Browns or from the, the Buckeyes. Just this last year, you had two guys that mm-hmm. made the all-rookie team, and one was the offensive rookie of the year at wide receiver uh, in Garrett Wilson. So maybe they'll get aggressive and try and move up and get Jackson Smith and Jigba. Browns' falls. first pick is number 43 in a draft. I don't see yep. them taking a wide receiver that late, we'll call it. Uh, if they could move up, possibly. But again... There's no guarantees that you get a rookie guy that's going to really be able to lend anything to the team. We saw it last year, even though oh, David I Bell. Hold on a second. Let me let me get this thought out. Kenny Gallon, Amari Cooper, or you get somebody that's a free agent like a Kenny Gallon, Amari Cooper, or you get somebody that's a free agent. Like a Kenny Galladay out of the Giants, get someone that's a little bit more experienced than trying to roll the dice on a rookie, and you know he may not be able to compete. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, right there. Both guys over a thousand yards this past year, both on the all rookie yeah, team, both one first rounder rookie of the year. Yeah, but I'm fo- saying that's where you move into the first yeah, round if somebody so. falls, like a Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I go strictly with the Buckeyes because of the coaching they're getting from a former NFL wide receiver in Brian Hartline. Mm. The offense that they've played in, which is a pass first offense. You, you, if you're able to get a Jackson Smith and Jigba somehow, some way, if he falls. He's a guy that you pencil in, and he's your number two wide receiver from the get-go, and you expect to get big production if out of him. If you need production out of your first pick and you're the Cleveland Browns, aren't you looking for somebody to help you out on defense? They're cutting Johnny Johnson the third before the uh, draft happens. You're going to need more help on that defensive side of the ball than you're going to need offensively. I know we need receiver help, but if I'm drafting somebody and I need to plug and play that person, give me a defensive tackle for crying out loud. They may be easier to find in free agency and a trade than a wide receiver no, that no. can impact your team. So Draymond Jones is a guy that comes to mind, uh, you know, that's available as a defensive tackle. They're talking mm-hmm. about Jesse Bates from the, the defensive side of the ball at safety. If Cincinnati doesn't keep him, right. that the Browns could target him. So uh, those are guys in free agency that might be uh, worth the money as opposed to reaching on a wide receiver who's not worth the money, and you can get a young wide receiver in a contract situation that will be more beneficial to you to go along uh, with that offense if you get them in the draft, especially if it's a second-round guy because uh, they're not going to be making the money that free agent wide receivers are. I've got lists up at whbc.com when you go to the Kenny and JT show page of all the free agents, or about the first top 20 or so at each position that the Browns could be looking at. We listed wide receivers, I believe, yesterday. Today we'll put up linebackers or maybe even cornerbacks. Or You know what, better yet, let's just go with safeties today because you're going to be needing a safety. You mentioned Jesse Bates from the Bengals. Jimmy Ward's another name from the 49ers you might want to look at. Ryan Neal from the Seahawks. Von Bell, former Buckeye with the Bengals, is going to be available. There's a lot of guys out there you might want to take a look at. And we know they're going to have to plug some other person personnel in there. And it's going to be interesting to see, with a new defensive coordinator, how this defense takes shape now and what they truly want to do, how they're going to spend money. And they're saving about $9 million on this deal by letting Jesse uh, or uh, 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 Johnny Johnson go. I've got to believe, based on what I heard from Jim Schwartz, right, as good as Bates is, Jim Schwartz wants the defensive line to be the impactful force of that defense. 
and I've got to believe that is first and foremost when it comes to free agents Mm -hmm. when March 15th rolls around, which is just over two weeks away now, right, that that's going to be the area they attack first in free agency, Mm -hmm. be it interior defensive tackle or exterior defensive end. I've got to believe Jim Schwartz is going to push hard for that. Well, the idea here was during the Joe Woods regime, that was going to be the strength of this team too. They wanted a defensive line that was strong, just like he had when he wasn't even the defensive coordinator. He was a defensive coach with the San Francisco 49ers. How did they get their rise to fame or or get close to it or be able to play into the late rounds of the playoffs? It was defensive line first, and that's what they thought they were getting, but they didn't get that style of play with the Browns. And to make matters worse, your entire linebacking crew was injured last year, and it just went to show that they couldn't stop the run. If you didn't have tackles, now you don't have linebackers, and you're really up the creek. And it was really a tough defensive thing, and I look at it and say – I'm not going to say Joe Woods is a fall guy here. I think he had to go because it wasn't working. And players weren't held liable. And there was no discipline on that defense. It's time for a change. Let's see if Jim Schwartz can correctly identify the problems and get them playing better with better personnel, especially up front. I can't see it being any worse, right, with Jim Schwartz. I'm expecting progress. Well, I, it, it's the, the numbers are skewed because – at times it looked as though they were good against the pass because teams weren't throwing on them. They were running because we couldn't stop the run. Early on, before teams found out they could run against us, I believe it was the Atlanta game. And by the way, that quarterback, Marcus Mariota, is going to be cut too. He's going to be available if you want a backup. But the thing is, that's when they figured out that they could be run on and the Browns' defense couldn't stop anyone. So it's really the tale of two sides. Do you want to try to throw on us? Do you want to try to run on us? Because... We didn't do anything really well defensively. Yeah. It, it just, it, we weren't, you know, you think about a defense, oh, they're good against the run or they're good against the pass. You pick your poison against the Browns and you pretty much had success because that's what our record said we were. Yeah, 7-10 and ten yep. is what uh, the record was, and that's, you know, basically who you were. You yeah. were an under 500 team uh, with, uh, you Which know, means you weren't good. Play. You weren't good anywhere. Right. It didn't matter. Right. right. Yeah, offensively for a while there, you were one of the top ten teams, uh, but then that tailed off, and then Deshaun Watson comes in, you only go three and three with him. Uh, you Miles Garrett, yeah, he had 16 sacks, but who else did anything uh, other than maybe Denzel Ward on the defense? Your two number one top four picks uh, you know, impacted the defense, but nobody else really did. Uh, and now John Johnson, they're going to you know, save $9.7 million in cap space uh, when they release mm-hmm. him coming up here uh, you know, before the uh, – uh, or when is that? Uh, Mar- March 15th, I think. That's yep. when that new year starts. So that, that creates that uh, cap space you need to maybe go out and get a defensive tackle or a safety or a wide receiver there. So uh, a lot of moving parts, a lot of moves as far as coaches in this offseason, either bringing in new coaches or uh, reassigning other coaches. But the one guy that's the most important coach is still there, and that's the head coach, Kevin Stefanski. And dude's seat is uh, going to be hot this year because it's a full year with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback in the offseason, preseason, and then into the regular season. Uh, he's got a new defensive coordinator, a new special teams coach. And remember, he fired Joe Woods. He fired <laughs> um, Mike Prefer, and he brought these guys in uh, to be part of his staff. So everything's on him, man. Um, even though I believe he was told to fire both uh, Prefer uh, and Woods, uh, he's going to take credit for it. So uh, we'll see what the you know what this team does. And fans are expecting big things from the Browns, especially mm-hmm. if you're a season ticket holder and they just jacked your season ticket prices up. 
uh, you right. know, yesterday with that uh, release, and they they tell you how nice of a jacket you're getting right. for your price increase. And I guess some I'll people online were upset that they're only getting one jacket, <laughs> even if they have four season tickets. It's pissing well, them off. The everything. other news today was the fact that there's there's rumblings now that they're going to build a new stadium. Yeah. Don't know how they're going to do it. Don't know where they're going to do it. It might be a pipe dream at this point in time, or it may be a deflection over the new ticket prices. Right. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's let's hike up ticket prices uh, because we want to deflect from Jimmy Haslam buying uh, a share of the Milwaukee Bucks um, and uh, a new stadium that we want. Well, wait a second. You're going to spend, and we found, I guess it's been corrected. Yesterday on the show, JT, we we thought that the Haslam's were going to spend three point eight billion right. on buying the the Milwaukee Bucks. Supposedly now, as it's been clarified uh, more so, they're going to buy the twenty five percent that that owner had. Oh, okay. okay, so if let's let's just throw out three point five million, right? Is the amount the wow. the uh, uh, the uh, Bucks are worth, right? So twenty five percent of three point five million is billion. What, uh, Billion, I'm sorry, 25% of, I know, hey, Dr. It Evil, my mind. it's yeah. billionaire. Yes, my bad. Not, so not 25% million. One of $3.5 billion dollars is $35 million. Uh, th- how much is that? How much is 25% of $3.5 billion? I don't know. Too damn much. That's a lot of money, man. They're getting uh, a pushback from this. They're wondering why the owner is going to spend money and buy another franchise. But this is what the guy does, man. He buys soccer teams. He's got a football team. Now he wants a basketball team. It's only a matter of time until he probably dabbles in baseball. And I'll tell you what else. When you start thinking about the pressure that they're getting on the North Coast, that North Coast goes a little bit east, too. And they're building a stadium in Buffalo. And if Buffalo can do it, why can't we? And there's a lot of pullback from that, I think, there's some pressure mounting that they need a new stadium because they rushed to open this one. And it's hard to believe it's already 20 years old already. Mm. Yeah, and they screwed up when they, they built that. They thing. rushed they into it. They did. You know, so um, it, it's a, a major uh, mistake that they made way back when. Well, right? Think of this, too. Uh, out of the three stadiums that they built, and it was what? Gundarina at the original stadium. It was what? Uh, Jacobs Field, too, right? Look how many yeah. times those places have been renovated already. And I know they did work on Cleveland Brown Stadium, but not as much as those other two venues, don't you think? Oh, boy. They spent um, money on it. They, they had some problems on the exterior of it because right. there was some fire issue or something. And yeah. I'm sure they, they tweaked the scoreboards and something else. Yeah, it's they, they haven't done enough to it, right? Uh, and so... Do you want to throw have the, the city throw more money into that? But if you're a fan out there, you're saying, wait a second. Why should I have to pay for this with taxes? If you've got enough money to go spend whatever 25%, whatever 25% is of $3.5 billion to buy another franchise, you should take some of that money and, and put it into a new stadium you know, yourself. Some of the thing is this. When you look at it, and isn't it ironic that all of a sudden they're starting to have more different things at that stadium? They're having more concerts than we've ever seen in the last 20 years. They're having, yep. you're, you're doing a hockey game there next week, whenever, right? This Saturday. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, we've never yeah. seen things like that. And I'll tell you something else they need to spend on. What? Security. They need to make sure nobody can break in and do a little lawn job out there. Hey, man. Um... That was as embarrassing as some of the losses. To have that happen in your own stadium, 
somebody takes a golf cart and does donuts on the field and is able to spend however many yep. half hour or whatever it was supposedly that it might have taken to, to do something hey, like that? That's that thing, ridiculous. That thing might have run out of gas before he got caught. He was My. out there so long. You know, and I remember this, too, when I worked there, and we've all seen it. Uh, you've all tuned into a Browns game, and you've seen where it looks like between the hash marks, it's really nice and green because they put in the new sod, right? Yeah. You know, yep. deeper times into the state, into the uh, schedule, you know, longer into the season. Right. They didn't do that with this. You could still see the track marks where they did the lawn job at the stadium, and I couldn't understand why they weren't able to really rectify that situation. They left it like that for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I, I hey, do we really understand anything the Haslam's do? Seriously, when when it comes to the, that stadium, that team, that front office, those players, I I, I don't uh, I'm not shocked by their shortcomings as owners and and what they do. Uh, and then you, you you figure out you know you hear that they want to buy another team um, and be part of a, a basketball team. So is their focus not on the Browns? Do they not care as much now about the point. Browns because it's just printing money left and right? So if we win, great. If not, we're still making money there. Let's go make money over here as well. Well, we, you always have to question that. You know, there's a question of when you sign a free agent, is he just going for the payday, or does he really want to compete and get right. to and win possibly a Super Bowl? Who knows? That's the million dollar question, literally. Yeah, uh, the billion-dollar answer yeah. that I was looking for, JT, is, is this. $875 million is what the Haslam's, uh, if my math is correct, 25% of $3.5 billion is $875 million is what mm. they'll have to pony up if they want a quarter uh, of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks ownership. Right. So if they've got that kind of money, right, to uh, – um, to, to to go buy part of a basketball team, they should put some, if they are looking for a new stadium, they should put some of their own money into that new stadium and not expect the fans, who they just keep screwing over left and right, jacking up the prices, yeah. expecting them to pay for it. I don't know how much of the, they don't own the stadium. It's a city that owns the stadium, correct? I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, I'll have to look. Because remember, Modell owned the stadium, and he he would pay or pay one dollars rent or whatever yeah. it was to whatever the corporation was. So I I don't know exactly well, who who owns First Energy. Stadium. First Energy obviously has the naming rights. I believe the city owns the stadium. Okay, you're probably right. Again, I never look into things like that because I I really don't give a hoot about well, it. Well, you but, should uh, because in that in this matter, maybe they should have forked out the money, fixed the damn field. Yeah, well, that's true. That's that's a fair point on your part. Let's see here. Uh, though naming rights belong to First Energy Stadium through 2029, the stadium itself is actually serviced by Cleveland Public Power. Okay, that's not it. Uh, how much did First Energy Stadium uh, cost in naming rights? Uh, Cleveland Council asked First Energy to remove name. Cleveland Brown Stadium. Uh, see, I'm trying to. Cleveland $1 billion new stadium is what they're looking for. So I, I, I don't owner, know. Maybe. First Energy Stadium Wikipedia page specifically states the owner is the city of Cleveland. Okay, there you go then. You found it. Mm-hmm. And so um, do does the city have $2 billion to build a new stadium? Well, if, if you tear down the old one, and they've never taken advantage of the lakefront, they want to put something there in its place. I don't think they want to rebuild in the same location. They've been talking for months now that they want to build up that uh, that lakefront. They, it's the only major city in America that you can think that really doesn't have a lakefront. 
JT, they've been talking about building up that lakefront for 25 years. And, and for whatever reason, they have failed uh, you know, to be able to incorporate it, build on it, do anything. Yeah, they, they uh, revitalized the flats now, right? If you go down to the mm-hmm. flats, you'll see they, they kind of took it from nothing back to right. something. When, like when we were in college in the 80s, the flats was, was nice. the place to be. It yep. was hopping, uh, nightclubs, restaurants, uh, and places to go, things to do down there. And then it kind of, uh, you know, fell into a rut and was uh, uh, like a ghost town, and now it's built back up. Well, okay, that's done over there. If you can build over there and get it rolling, why right. can't you do that over on the lakefront by Burke Lakefront Airport and where Brown that's Stadium just is? It. I think it's a matter of property. When you've got an airport that takes up, I don't know how many thousands of acres, yeah. you can't develop on it. It's all runway. Well, uh, hey, <laughs> I mean, buy it out, right? Uh, buy, buy a portion of it. Uh, and uh, if, if you've got the who deep uses pockets. That, of- who uses that airport anyway? Dan Gilbert's the only guy I ever knew that ever flew in and out of there. And the Haslam's. And Art Modell, because he got on a private plane to move the team to Baltimore. We were on that runway, remember? I had no choice. We yes, were there. We were. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We were there. Uh, yeah, so um, we'll see what happens with all of why this. But we, good... Why didn't we strike a billion-dollar deal on that runway? We should have, man. We, we'd be it. retired now. We'd be on an island by ourselves. <laughs> but the good news is the Cleveland Browns are playing in the Pro Football Hall of Fame game this year against the Jets on August 3rd. Rich DeRozer will join us. Later on in the show from the Hall of Fame to talk about that. When we come back, though, we're going to talk some high school hoops with Matt Kramer, head coach at Canton Central Catholic. Stay with us.